When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Betches Media presents... A lot of them aren't even pretending to be in charge. Slow the testing down. Remove him from office. Cast a vote that will make you proud. The Betches Sup Podcast. Will you shut up, man? Hello and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Sage. And today we're going to start the show with a quick update about emerging and disturbing explanations for what happened on Wednesday. And then we're hopping on with our friend and favorite constitutional expert, Ben Sheehan, to discuss how to remove a president in 12 days. This is all Sammy and I have been talking about for the past 36 hours or however long it's been. (laughs) I am like furious. Furious. I get more mad. (laughs) Every hour, the, every time I see, oh, we could be impeached by midweek. It's like, and? Exactly. And the nuclear codes could be pressed by five minutes from now. So none of that helps me. None of that helps me. So speaking of things we are furious about, we're learning more about the abundant signs that far-right extremists were planning out in the open to occupy the Capitol with weapons. Moreover, it's becoming clear that failures at pretty much every level resulted in the Capitol Police handling the invasion alone without the support of the National Guard for hours. So why wasn't a more serious policing presence planned amid extremists openly planning to storm the Capitol? So the Capitol Police are to blame here. They really needed to ask for assistance at the Capitol prior to the 6th, and it seems that that did not happen. Instead, the Pentagon put tighter limits on any role that the Guard might have had in the response. So meaning that as things began to escalate, those troops couldn't really just rush the Capitol to help. Instead, requests to activate additional law enforcement and Guard presence basically went through a patchwork of authorizations. Everybody had different responsibilities. The fact that D.C. is in a state handicapped some of this response, as we had said. And But these bureaucratic failures that happened during the invasion don't really account for why the premeditated invasion planned openly was not considered a real possibility. Capitol Police told Congress they were ready. Representatives said they weren't really given any intelligence that suggested there was going to be attack, even though there was plenty of evidence that this was happening. They uh, made shirts. That's like made civil shirts. war, January 6th. Absolutely. There's no, I mean, I say we're learning more about how this was planned out in the open, but that was there. And, you know, apparently even the New York Times the day after uh, the election noticed that there was a group popping up with 300,000 people planning to stop the steal and that they were starting to talk about events and they begged Facebook. They were like, we're doing this reporting and this looks really dangerous. And Facebook really delayed um, taking it down. And by then there were like a million sort of splinter groups. So as the riotous mob grew more dangerous, the chief of Capitol police called Pentagon officials and did ask for backup. 
According to the Washington Post, an Army official speaking on behalf of the Army Secretary said that's not going to be possible, that the optics of having the National Guard there in the Capitol weren't great. The optics of it seemed to be the real issue at every stage, and just the people that were actually there not being able to handle the mob. So eventually, as things escalated, uh, people higher up in the Pentagon decided to activate the Guard, but the call to activate actually came from Mike Pence. There are reports that the president, President Trump, was not interested at all in, in launching the National Guard. And even two more kind of chilling details from their secure locations. Nancy Pelosi begged Virginia Governor Ralph Northam to send the Guard, and he did rather swiftly, although there's still always a delay. You can't just send them. Like, they have to get ready, especially because they had been told before you're not really going to be allowed to do have these tactics. And House Majority Steny Hoyer called Maryland Mayor Larry Hogan to do the same in his state, basically while he was in the room with Schumer and Pelosi saying, you have to do this now. Hogan said his request for authorization was repeatedly delayed or ignored for, by the Pentagon. This patchwork of authorities and authorizations meant nobody showed up for hours. And there are a lot, people are asking questions. Okay, let's talk about the patchwork of authorities and authorizations. That patchwork was pre-set up by Donald, well, okay, there's an, obviously an existing chain of command, clearly, but the specific placement of the individuals in the patchwork and their loyalty to the president and his coup attempt or his attempt at inciting a coup, those people are the reason that it took so long. Those people are the reason that Steny Hoyer is like begging the governor of his state for authorization, for the ability to send his state's national guard and the, the, and the governor's like, I can't, I can't get anyone to respond to me because they purposely put someone who should be the one to respond to that, who's a Trump loyalist in the position to slow that down. This was all premeditated. Everyone who's like, okay, if I ever hear anyone call Donald Trump incompetent again, I swear to God, the rant that will come <laughs> will be so, if Donald Trump is not incompetent, he is purposely not doing the things that you think he should be doing as a president because those are the things he should be doing. He is very competently working against those, those things. He knows exactly what he's not doing. Exactly. Exactly. The reason he appears incompetent to you is to, or to most people is because he is actively working against what we define as competence or the results of competence. That is why no one should ever mistake anything that this administration does for an accident. It is a malicious, purposeful act that will land money, power, control, um, you know, uh, power over somebody else in the food chain mm -hmm. in the hands of Donald Trump. That's all this is about. And he needs to go yesterday. We're at the point where you know, throughout this administration, you hear from pundits a lot of like, the, the most simple explanation is probably the correct one. We're at a stage where the most simple explanation is that this was premeditated and staged and purposefully not intervened with while our entire line of, most of our line of succession was in crisis. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. 
Whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of the things I like to buy on Etsy have little dachshunds on them or are for dachshunds. Dottie's got a whole litany of new sweaters and harnesses and all kinds of fun stuff that we get lots of compliments on when we're out on walks. A gifting moment is always just around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. We all know your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. Sometimes what starts as a bad hair day quickly turns into a bad everything else day. I'd never found beauty products that really understood my needs, but ever since I switched to custom hair and skin routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits healthier hair and skin. Yes, but beyond that too. Since I started using pros, I've noticed consistently healthy hair. Even with all I put it through with the heat tools and the hairsprays to get this pompadour sky high, it smells great. It looks fancy on the shelf. And I like that it has my name right on it. This formula is made for V. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. From millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely yours or mine. And Pros isn't just better for you. It's better for the planet. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription at pros.com slash feverdream. So get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash feverdream. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash feverdream. Okay, get in his head for one second. You're the delusional president and you think that Mike Pence is going to be able to save you on this day. You're hearing it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But you are crazy. I, you know, I don't want to say he's crazy. I don't, wanna, I don't want to give him that. But you're Donald give him Trump. that out. Yeah. You're, a, you're a malignant narcissist and you don't get that. Like you also can't read. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> um, if... You And you know that the only narcissistic supply that you get is from these supporters who are going to vindicate you and avenge your loss or your win. Um, of course, he's going to – there's two sides. There's the government in the Capitol building who's trying to, like, go through with the democracy thing. And then there's the rioters, the terrorists. He's on their side. Of course, yeah. He's on their side. He's not even on their, not just on their side. He is directing them. And he doesn't care if Mike Pence gets killed or taken hostage. They were in there yelling, where's Pence? Oh, shit. (laughs) I didn't know that. Because Mike Pence betrayed him in his mind. Right. That's probably, I mean, Mike Pence apparently has no interest in using the 25th and And won't answer the phone. That's why it's so confusing. Like, even in the wake of this, the people who, who they, they should have realized when push comes to shove, he doesn't give a shit about me. The fact that, they're, that Pence himself isn't grabbing this opportunity for his own safety and power is, and revenge in some ways is absolutely, I don't, baffling to me. I agree. Plus, why wouldn't they want to convict him so he can't run against them for president in 2024? I don't know. Unless they are, have seen this happen, and now are genuinely scared for their own lives. Right. I mean, I keep returning in my head to, like, what's happening behind the scenes 
that is making them move so slowly? Like, are there other threats that we don't know about? Are there like other, are like, what, what are the X factors? I wonder if some of it is they think that what, do you get the impression from the statements he's made over the past 36 hours, which are that like, okay, there's going to be a new president. Um, and okay, I'm not going to inauguration. Does he seem scared to you? Like he's realizing he could face serious consequences. And it, with that, I wonder if maybe they're like, let's just, let's let him think he's going to get impeached the whole time. So he stays calm the whole time. No, I think we've maybe bought ourselves 24 hours before mm-hmm. he, before something enters his head, someone betrayed him. Literally, we bought ourselves 24 hours of calm and Nancy Pelosi is just blowing it. Maybe she thinks that she can keep him calm till next week if she doesn't move for impeachment. May, like maybe that's the calculus. When you only have, right, yeah, that's what I think. But if you only have 12 days, that means every day is a, a greater proportion of those 12 days. It's like, we don't, if you only have 12 days, every single day is more meaningful. So I don't want to hear you're going to deal with this tomorrow afternoon. That's like, that's like a 10th of the total time we have at this point. Right. And if you're too afraid to do it, that should tell you why you need to do it right now, not like see how close you can get to the 19th because because we got to close. I mean, I think Lindsey Graham is like, I mean, we should think about it if something like this happens again. Something like a violent mob storming the Capitol. If right. something, it happened. It happened. The worst thing that could have happened, happened. What are you talking about? Okay. They were lucky that they, none of them opened fire. There was no suicide bomber, that there was no actual hostage taken. I honestly think that's probably because they didn't actually think they were going to get in. If they thought they, if no. they genuinely thought they would. I think there were, okay, what, I, what I'm thinking is that there are two types of individuals who attended this event. That's exactly War. what a professor there's, specialist of this said on The Daily this morning. She said there's oh, three. Yeah. I have not listened. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, okay. I'll say one is like no, the should, stands. Yeah, right. One is the stands that are just like, oh my God, like we're here. Like we're in the Capitol. Like a lot of people have been asking. Then there's the people who are like the survivalists who are like, the kind of people who do like have standoffs with like state police, like who brought got, who brought arms and they had like a map of the Capitol. They knew where they were going. Like people who actually like the preparedness people, those people right, were there absolutely. for right, like right, right. the true. war. They weren't there for like the, the, the tour. They were there for the war. Right. And that's very clear based on what was the third at- one that, they I said. think the third one might have been these sort of high-level people that are part of organizing and recruiting for the far right that are looking at this and looking how to optimize it for recruitment. And I mean, this is ISIS stuff. So like HR. This is why ISIS, like, that's why they, do, yeah, terrorist attacks are very effective in recruiting more terrorists. Right, right. So you have like, or, so you have like organizers Yes. <laughs> okay. I get it. No, it's like I a mean, it's a pyramid scheme. It's a fascism pyramid. It's a it's a traitor's pyramid scheme. Basically, right. Right. I, right. That's why it's, it's, the, so, it's the tables. Right. Our bond. Yeah. For terrorists, it's just sort of like why aren't they? That's why it's so frightening that no one in government is doing anything. Like nothing. Also, when by not holding accountability, there's no, there's basically no accountability. There have been a few resignations in the police. 
doesn't mean much to me, honestly. Like there have also right. been firings, but right because no they also said been... if you don't step down, we're going to fire you. Obviously, <laughs> right? Like so. okay, the wor- literally the worst thing that will happen to a police officer in this country, it seems, is that they lose their job. They don't help be- get held accountable in any other way, ever. Regardless, the number one person who needs to be held accountable is Donald Trump. The number two person, the number two tied are Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz. Even just doing them would make a huge difference. And then obviously these like clowns on social media who like think that sitting on in on Nancy Pelosi's desk is a joke and not a crime. Those and then we need a few of those to be tied up in legal problems so that they can share it with their Facebook friends. Yeah. And luckily they didn't wear masks, so we know who they are. <laughs> right. Imagine if there were masks. It would have been so much harder. Also, I'm reading that it may be a super spreader event. Oh, absolutely. I did see that uh, earlier today, that at least one person knowingly had COVID-19 when they went in there. Well. We all dread the what should we have for dinner question. I mean, I know I do. I love a home-cooked meal, but I don't always have the time, energy, or groceries to make it happen. Being able to feast on a delicious meal without the long prep and cook times is what drew me to Home Chef over the other guys. Home Chef's meals are effortless, so I can spend less time trying to be Top Chef and more time watching it. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week and serves a variety of dietary needs, so you never have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and of course, free shipping on your first box. Just go to homechef.com slash fever dream. That's homechef.com slash fever dream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard that right. Homechef.com slash fever dream must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. We're back with Ben Sheehan, author of OMG, WTF, Does the Constitution Actually Say? Ben has helped us parse constitutional questions quite a bit in the past year, and it turns out this president is really attesting our knowledge right down to the very end. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So the first, our first question for you, Ben, is something Sammy and I have been talking about all morning and every night, which is, what is the fastest way to remove a president allowed for in the Constitution? That would be impeachment and removal. And you could do that in a day if you wanted. All this would take would be a vote, uh, a simple majority vote in the House, and then walk right over to the Senate and have 
uh, a vote in the Senate to uh, convict and remove the president and right after a vote to prevent them from holding future federal office. You could easily do that in a day if you want. So why are we doing it next Wednesday? Uh, I can't answer that question. That has to do with maybe maybe waiting for the people in D.C. to, to who protested to leave. Um, maybe some things, some deals have to be struck with people who would vote to, to remove. Um, but this could this could feasibly happen in a day if, if, if everybody wanted. Do you think there's a chance that they're delaying it so that they can make it happen swiftly? Because I like like my my biggest fear is like. We're going to go through committees and speeches. And that was already unbearable on Wednesday night. But imagine Trump watching that with all the powers he has. And like, what would he be doing during that whole time? I don't know. And I, and I can't explain the, the rationale. Like if, if, if you were to ask me, you know, four days ago, what event would lead to the quickest impeachment and removal of a president? I would say inciting a coup on the federal government would probably be my answer. Prescient. Uh, well, actually, Ben, you were really raising the alarms about the 6th even before. It seemed like you had a sense it was going to be a very big day. Uh, was that because of the the plan to object to the certifications or also the, what ultimately happened was the violent coup attempt? Well, I, I was reading the law, you know, months ago, and I noticed that there, you know, there's this moment where everyone's counting the votes and there's an opportunity to object. And there have been objections in the past. You know, there was an objection and nonviolent and like peaceful and they, they went along with it. But there was an objection in 1969 to one of North Carolina's votes. And there was an objection in 2005 to Ohio because of rampant voter suppression. I mean, the Secretary of State in Ohio was literally delivering one voting machine to college campuses with thousands of students to create these like 10 hour lines. So, um, you know, there have been objections and serious discussions in the past, but if we're looking at like the norms versus the guardrails, this is a person who doesn't operate on norms and like, what are the actual guardrails they could try to exploit? And this is, this is one of them. It seems like after this, we need to look into making some of these norms laws. Yeah, I, I agree. Especially <laughs> when they were written in 1887 and we haven't updated them since. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. So yeah. Let's, let's keep talking about impeachment. You mentioned the House seems pretty prepared to move forward uh, with impeaching this president a second time because he'd be the only president to be impeached a second time, which seems like it would be a political stain, even though I don't, those don't seem to stick to this president. But the impeachment process also offers some other possibilities that could protect the nation against Trump potentially holding federal office again. I don't think those have ever been used, though. Can you describe what those are and if there is a precedent? Well, they've never been used for uh, a president. We've never had a president convicted of uh, impeachment, but they have been used for federal judges. So we've had about eight or nine federal impeachments um, with conviction in the Senate, um, and they've all been federal judges. Uh, and about three of those have also been barred from holding future federal office. I believe the last one was in 2010, uh, Judge Thomas Porteous in Louisiana was convicted on uh, bribery and, and, and impeached and, and removed by the Senate and then barred from holding future uh, federal office. So there have been two or three judges that they've, that they've prevented, but it's a separate vote. So once the oh, okay. Senate convicts um, the president, then they take a second vote to decide, do we also want to make them you know, not be allowed to hold future federal office? My que- okay, so my question on that is, so there's no way that they could, inv- they could vote to not remove him, but to bar him from holding federal office, or would that be possible? That's correct. No, it says the punishment, in the Constitution says the punishment, um, you know, they, the person must be required um, from, to, they must be removed from office if they're convicted, and the punishment can't go further than also being barred from holding future federal office. 
Got it. So it would make sense. So really, it sort of backs these Republicans kind of into a corner in terms of like, do they want Trump to have control over them for the next four years? It really would benefit them to remove him and to bar him from holding federal office. Like, should they just act in their own interests? Yeah, I mean, logic would tell you yes, and maybe that's why they're delaying this, is to have these you know conversations one by one and, and let people know if they're not aware of that already, although they probably should be since they swore an oath to this document to, uh, to have their job. So you would think they've read it. You would. Speaking of the document, can you describe the process for the 25th Amendment since there are actually quite a few steps and... Is it, as simply, is it as simple that the cabinet secretaries just decide he has to go? And also, what do we do about the fact that there are so many acting secretaries and vacancies in the cabinet? Like, do those count? It's a really good question. So basically, um, what happens is you have the, the cabinet. So we're talking eight of the, of the 15 core cabinet secretaries. Um, or some other body Congress could establish. So there was talk earlier this year, uh, Congressman Raskin and, and Nancy Pelosi, um, said that they uh, they could maybe create a, a, a separate body that would decide this as well. That's also in the Constitution. Um, but um, what it would happen is the uh, majority of the cabinet and the vice president would send a letter to Chuck Grassley and Nancy Pelosi, the Senate president pro tempore, and the Speaker of the House saying, uh, this guy cannot do the job anymore. He's unable to execute the, the, the duties of the, of the office. Originally, this was designed if like the president ended up in a coma after an assassination attempt. Um, but it, there's no reason it can't be used for something else. So what would happen is the um, the vice president would be suddenly become the acting president after the receipt of that letter, and then the president could respond with their own letter saying, "No, I'm I'm fine. These guys are jealous," and you know go back <laughs> to being president. Um, and then they'd have four days, the the same you know a cabinet and VP to say. Um, no, he really can't do the job. And then Pence goes back to being acting president in Congress. It triggers a process where Congress has 21 days to vote uh, whether or not um, to, uh, to remove the president. And they have to vote by two thirds in the Senate and the House. And if they do that, the president is removed and the VP continues as the acting president. So it sounds harder than the impeachment and much harder. Everyone's been talking about this 25th Amendment for like true. for four years and no one even talks about this four days thing. Right. Well, I mean, if, you know, it does depend on Trump's letter. Like Trump could sit on it and, and say, you know, I'm not letting the VP have, you know, duties of the acting president, you know, because it, it does require their participation. Now, you would think he would want to send that letter pretty quickly to go back to being the president. Um, you know, I don't know if reading and writing is strength, so I don't know if that would have to go over. But, um, it, it does seem from looking at it like it would probably take you know, a little bit longer than impeachment. Just scrawled and chirp. you like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. That is what it would be. And just he, would like, he would like cross it out and be like... <laughs> right, right, like, like the hurricane map. Could the impeachment process in terms, could it extend beyond his term in office, the conviction process? For impeachment? Yeah. Um, well, impeachment is a... Is, you know, it's not a criminal procedure. It's just a procedure with which to remove an office. Okay. So once they're no longer in office on January 20th at 12 p.m., they can be tried for the crimes they were True. impeached for. They can be tried for other crimes they weren't impeached for, but they no longer, you know, have this process to sort of uh, preempt the criminal process. So they're suddenly liable, which is, uh, I would imagine, why he does not want, you know, to leave office. 
Yeah. Something else this period has sort of exposed is that maybe it's not the best idea to have like 10 weeks between when (laughs) 80 million people say, we don't want this guy in the most powerful office ever and him leaving. What does the constitution say about the length of time between elections and inaugurations and anything? Has that ever changed? It has changed. So the original length was actually, it was actually March 4th that we, Oh no. Presidents. Yeah. So it was even longer. Um, and when the constitution was written and for the, uh, you know, first hundred plus years, um, you know, we didn't have cars with heat. So it was, you know, it was hard to transfer, um, electoral votes and, and travel and get things to Washington. So they wanted to give people time to like, yeah. you know, ride it out during the winter and get there safely. Um, so it's all to bring like, their slave know, caravans with right. them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like horse and buggy, you know, make, making sure that we can get there safely and not have everyone, you know, die of dysentery. I mean, it's just it's, so like... And we're still basically following that. Well, in, in the, with, the 20, with the 20th Amendment, um, uh, I believe that was 1933, uh, was ratified. And that changed the date from March 4th to January 20th. And it also um, uh, changed the terms from, um, for representative senators to January 3rd. So it changed it a little bit, but you actually used to have this really long lame duck period for Congress where they weren't required by the constitution to meet until December. So they would take the, so they would meet in December, right? So if they, they only met once a year, so they'd meet in December, uh, the people with new terms would start March 4th and then they didn't have to meet again until December. So, so you they worked have, one uh, month a year? You, you could have four months of a lame duck period in Congress doing shit. And then <laughs> you would have March 4th and then you wouldn't have, the new Congress wouldn't have to meet again until December. So if they wanted to undo stuff, it would be like a year after. So it was this insane, insanely long period. So they, they, the 20th Amendment sought to fix this. But still today, like we, we can get things done a lot quicker. And this is one of the many basic things in the Constitution that needs to be done. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems... I. It, I can definitely appreciate the argument that I can, you got to get a lot done in then trans, that transition period anyway. It's probably pretty hard, but I was reading today that other countries have a much shorter window where they get this done. My question is, what if we pass a constitutional amendment making inauguration tomorrow? <laughs> then could we just inaugurate Joe Biden tomorrow? Gotta get it ratified by those states. Gotta get it fucking ratified. The legislators. Oh. Okay, wait. As a New Yorker, you're describing this incredibly um, slow schedule to me. And I'm like <laughs> physically reacting. It is like, like, why don't, why are we still doing this? Why, why don't we change these things? Like we have the internet now and we definitely don't need to be enduring this. Look, we have all learned the benefits of Zoom during this pandemic, and I feel like we could just get all the legislators to hop on someone's premium Zoom account and get 38 <laughs> states to maybe update this. It shouldn't be a partisan issue to change to change a date. Um, but, you know, it is it is 2021 and everything's a partisan issue. So who knows? But you would need 38 states buy in either their legislatures or constitutional conventions within the states. And before that oh, happens, God. we need... Uh, two-thirds of the House and the Senate to propose an amendment, or two-thirds of legislatures to call for a constitutional convention, which has never happened in America. To throw back a callback, we can impeach and remove in a day. We can't. <laughs> we could, theoretically. We could, if we were oh motivated enough. Wow. Uh, my last question, Ben, I wanted to ask you, 
Your fiance also has a podcast, Jackie Johnson, Natribute Podcast. I imagine uh, she is personally responsible for getting me into like cruelty-free beauty and I'm sure a lot of other people, but I imagine she may be, I wonder if you are the guinea pig, which is maybe a bad cho choice of words for <laughs> the cruelty-free podcast. I know a lot of us are looking forward to some self-care this weekend. I'm wondering if you have any in store and if you get to be the recipient of, of all of the luxurious, fun, natural skincare in your home. I cannot tell you how much my skincare game has changed. In <laughs> it looks great. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, water helps. I started drinking six times more water than I ever did. I have like a timed bottle where it's like you drink this much by, you know, 7 a.m., 9 a.m., whatever. Changed the game. Yeah. Helped me so much. Wow. Um, lots of great products. I'm a big fan of Berlin Skin. Uh, it's a woman-owned brand, obviously vegan and cruelty-free. And they have an amazing sandalwood cream that really helps with inflammation. Um, and irritation and just calms everything down. I use that morning and night. Sunscreen. Look at this range on this man. My God. Oh. Very important. Sunscreen in the morning, even if you're not planning on going outside. Sunscreen, sunscreen, sunscreen. Um, I'm a huge SPF wearer. And, uh, and uh, don't, also don't overwash your face. I, I, I rinse my face in the morning. I wash it at night. You know, overwashing it increases oil production. So um, Jackie has done a many wonderful things for my life. And, and certainly <laughs> chief among them is my skincare ritual. <laughs> that is amazing. Amazing, amazing. Thank you so, so much for joining us, Ben. It's always a pleasure. Uh, definitely thinking about the first time I cracked open the book, there are so many prescient parts where you yeah. sort of have your sides where like, by the way, this is ridiculous. Something will soon show how ridiculous this is and it should probably change. So is, it, is all of this at all gratifying? Um, at times, I think the most gratifying part is that I've done a lot of Zooms with, with schools. Oh, uh, awesome. We're using the book and reading it. And so I'm Zooming with eighth graders and 12th graders um, and and, and they have amazing questions and to see people and getting feedback like, you know, I didn't care about the Constitution. So I read your book. I didn't understand yeah. it until this. Like just the fact that people are finding it accessible. That's the whole reason I wanted to do this. Yeah, Very it definitely accessible. is such an empowering feeling to feel like you actually have a grasp on how these things work and... Uh, feel that you can speak out against them strongly because they're, we're so clearly violating what these things were meant to do in so many ways. Well, thank you. That really means a lot. Yeah. Thanks so much, Ben. Until the return of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. Betches.